The Compassion Journey is coming to you uh, on the 29th, 30th, and 31st of this month. Please pray about and consider joining us. Uh, You will definitely not regret it, and the families who come will definitely not regret it. The children will be blessed, and they'll have a chance just to see how blessed they are. Amen? Sometimes it's good to get a perspective on just how blessed we are. Well, when you came in this morning, you received your program. Inside your program also is a study guide. It looks like this. If you want to locate that, it gives you a chance to jot down some notes. We are in our series. Our series is called Parables. And we've been unpacking the teachings of Jesus parable by parable by parable and looking for at the earthly story and seeking to find the spiritual truth what it meant then and what it means now and so it kind of helps us understand more about Jesus you see one of the reasons that we wanted to do this uh, this parable series was so that we would get to know Jesus better And so all the words that we're reading as he's teaching, this is what Jesus wanted to teach his followers. And so you and I are hearing firsthand what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so Jesus has been taking his time and we come to a very unique parable today. We come to the parable of the wedding feast. And and it can sometimes be confused with the great banquet. But they're two separate parables, and they're two separate occasions. And so it's important for us to kind of understand the distinctions so we understand what Jesus is trying to communicate to us. And so it's important to understand the context of the story, and that's what was said before and what was said after, so we can gain understanding of what Jesus is trying to communicate it's important for us to understand as we unpack though what a wedding looked like in the first century so it's important to understand what a jewish wedding looked like because jesus was talking to people who already understood things that maybe you and i don't understand because when we think of a wedding we think of something totally different even in this room our cultures would be different in many respects and so so as we look at this i want us to understand that in jewish society the parents uh uh who of the betrothed the 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 two that were set together they usually drew up a marriage contract And, and and the bride and groom they would meet and that might be the first time they've ever met at this contract and 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 when the contract was signed the couple was considered married at that time However, they did, not, they did not stay together. They would separate until the actual ceremony. So while they were considered married, they would return back to their homes until the ceremony because at the ceremony, that's when everyone would celebrate the marriage. The bride would remain with her parents. The groom would go, and here's a key element, and prepare their home. Now, I know another guy who said he was going away to do something. I think his name was Jesus. And he said, I go away to prepare a place for you. And if, if you've been studying the Bible at all, and even if you haven't, that's why I'm here. 
Jesus is known as the bridegroom, and the church of Jesus Christ is known as the bride. And he's going to prepare a place just like just like the bride stayed with her parents and the groom went to go get the house ready for the bride. So this is what's happening and all these people are understanding. The unique thing is this could take a little while. And I think some of us have been waiting. Right? And when the home was all ready, the groom would return for his bride without notice. I've heard that before as well, haven't you? Jesus said, no one knows the day or the time that I will come. There was no notice of his return. And so the marriage ceremony would then take place and the wedding banquet would follow. And so, so as the wedding banquet was one of the most joyous occasions in the Jewish life, it could last up to a week. These guys, they knew how to party. You know what I mean? They, it was like a week-long party. We, we think our reception went four hours, and we're like, woo, we partied. <laughs> These people partied for a week, you know? Try picking that tab up, right? With, uh, as the father's going, Lord, seven days, uh, I'm going to need a second job, maybe an eighth job, right? And, uh, and Jesus compares this heaven to the wedding banquet that the king had prepared for his son and his groom, I mean and his bride. And so many people had been invited, but when the time for the banquet came, the table was set, those invited refused to come to the party. They were just not party people. Takes a little minute there, it's early. In fact, the king's servants who, were, who, brought, uh, who brought the message, this joyful message, you want to come to my party? They got beat up. That's a terrible thing. You get, hey, I'll invite you to my party and you beat me down, you know? Now you're not invited. You know? That's rough. You're like, hey, you want to come to my party? No, but I'll punch you in the face. The king was enraged, as you can imagine, and so in response to those who had been invited, he sent his army to avenge the death of the people because not only did they beat them down, they killed the messengers. You ever hear the term, don't shoot the messenger? They shot the messenger. It's not always a good deal. And so, so he sent invitations to anyone, everybody say anyone, anyone. and everyone, now say everyone. Anyone and everyone, he said, go and find whomsoever that the, that, that the wedding house may be filled, that my table may be full. So he went out, and during the, the feast, the, the king notices that one of them was not wearing the clothes that were provided. What's awesome is that the king also provided these wonderful wedding clothes for people to wear. But some refused to wear the wedding clothes even though they came into the party. They thought they were there on their own accord. And the king got mad and gave them the boot. Said, end of party for you. Put you out. And so as we look at this, we see that, that the invitations go out. We see that, that there's a struggle. And then there's this verse in 14 that I'm going to read. Then we're going to read the whole text. For many are called, but few are chosen. 
Many are called, but few are chosen. That's a a powerful thought that we're going to spend some time on today. But I want to read the whole text uh, so that we'll have the full picture. And, And then Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared, or the kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call all those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not. Come. They would not come. Again, he sent other servants telling, tell those who were invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fattened calves have been slaughtered, they, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one from his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned the city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite uh, to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out to the roads and gathered all those they found, both good, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at his guests, he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. He said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him in the outer darkness in that place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And so we see this, and there's a lot of parallels that are happening in this story. You see, now we're looking at it from what has happened. When Jesus is telling this story, some of these things have not taken place. Some say that part of this story where he talks about uh, the the folks and the city being burned is actually A.D. 70 when the Romans came because because the Jewish people rejected Jesus and rejected their Messiah, the Romans came and kicked over everything and destroyed Jerusalem in 70 A.D., 37 years after Jesus' ascension. And so... So some believe that that's happening there. Others believe that, that in that process, they, they, they were able to see and from history that Israel had killed all the prophets, even up to the last prophet, who was John the Baptist. And they beheaded John the Baptist. And so, so again, we, we look at this and we see, and then others look at the broad picture and look to the future, even not just the the distant future of 70 A.D., but they look at the desolation noted in the book of Revelation. There's going to be desolation. And then then we reminded in Obadiah 1.15 where God is patient, but He won't tolerate wickedness forever. I'm going to say that one more time just so we're clear. Obadiah 1.15, God is patient, but He will not tolerate wickedness forever. And that should bring all of us hope, not condemnation. We should be hopeful 
Because all of us have a sense of justice in us, and we see areas of this world where there is injustice happening in ways that we can't even imagine, and we don't know who's going to set it right. Yes, we do. His name is Jesus, and he's going to set all things right. And so, so as we understand this, we understand his judgment is going to come upon those who reject salvation. Some people ask, what is the, what is the unpardonable sin? Well, it's that rejection of the Holy Spirit. It's the rejection of the good news. You can't pardon someone who doesn't want to be pardoned. Pardon me. And so, so we look at this and we understand that, that, that what it cost for salvation was Jesus. We sang about it today. And those who reject that judgment was their own decision. They actually brought judgment upon themselves. So as we look at this story today, I want us to unpack this idea. Four truths from the wedding feast. Here's the first one. The tragedy is not that the guests could not come it is that they would not come. You see, this is the tragedy of the story. It wasn't that they couldn't come to the party. It wasn't that they couldn't come or they weren't invited. It was that they would not come. And sometimes I think that's the highest insult. If you invite someone to a party that you really, really love and you really want them to come, and even though they could come, they don't, it hurts your feelings, doesn't it? Well, imagine how God felt going through all of this to send his very own son to redeem, and these people could but would not. And so, so, so the tragedy here is that, that the invited guests, they, they made excuses, and some of those excuses were really, really lame excuses. And how tragic is it? Because that's our human characteristic, isn't it? We're offered to be blessed by God, but we refuse them to stick with ordinary things or temporary things. And that's the struggle sometimes. The wedding invitation is extended to everyone and anyone. <coughs> Total strangers, good and bad, were invited. This refers to the gospel being taken to the Gentiles. That's us. Unless you're Jewish, then you're us. We're you. My best friend's a Jew, though. His name's Jesus. The portion of the parable is the foreshadowing of, of the Jews' rejection of Jesus, even in Acts chapter 13. Paul and Barnabas were there, and, and they're preaching, and the Jews strongly opposed them. The apostles' words uh, continue on as, as, as the king says, they did not, they were not worthy of the good news because they continuously rejected it. In Acts 13, 46, it says, We had to speak the word of God to you first, since you rejected and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles. That's literally what it says in Acts 13. He says, since, since we're preaching the good news to you and you don't want it and you're not interested and you don't care, we're going to preach it to somebody who wants to hear it. And my goal is to make it hard to go to hell in St. Petersburg. Amen. Now, how awful would it be if I just preached in church? How awful would it be if I just preached in church? 
Because sometimes church people reject what you have to say. Trust me, I know that. They reject what you had to say. And that's why in September we're going to be going for six nights into the streets. We're going to set up a tent on, in, uh, in Harbordale. Right there at the Frank Pierce communi- uh, uh, Community Center. And we're going to have six nights of tent revival. I'll be preaching one night. Glenn Badonsky's going to preach one night. And I already have one other pastor who's agreed. And we're, we're going to get three other pastors to agree to preach one night. And we're going to have six nights of preaching the good news to anyone and everyone who will come. It's going to be our opportunity to minister in powerful ways. And then a short two weeks after that, we'll be doing Care Fest and going into the community again to make a difference. See, these are the things that we must do in order to make sure that the good news gets to everyone. The gospel has to be made available to everyone. That's not easy, but somebody's got to do it. So we've got to go. The matter of the wedding garment, it's instructive. When, when he talks about the wedding garment, it's actually from the very beginning, God has provided a covering for our sin. You don't believe me? Go back to Adam and Eve. We hid from you. Why? We hid from you because we sinned, right? So what happened? God, God sacrifices animals and he makes clothes and puts them on them because the clothes they picked for themselves were inadequate. And then God said, who told you you were naked, which revealed their sin. Because they were once clothed with the word of God. They were once clothed with the glory of God. They were once clothed by the power of God. No longer were they clothed by the power of God because of sin. But then a sacrifice was made and a promise was made in Genesis chapter 15 that Jesus would come and once again clothe you with righteousness not your own righteousness but his righteousness because Isaiah says our righteousness is as filthy rags and so we learn we learn that God he provides and then in Revelation it says in Revelation 7 9 that we'll be wearing white robes and the 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 whiteness of the robes will be because they've been washed in the blood of the lamb we sang about that again this morning we trust in God's righteousness and not our own the Bible says we who were sin are now called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus And you and I, we got to make sure you have your wedding garment on. And that only comes from God. And it's already been provided for you at the wedding feast. Don't get caught with no clothes. That is a life lesson for the whole world. Don't get caught with no clothes. When you get caught with no clothes, you know what's up. Didn't think you'd hear that in church, huh? Like mental note, don't get caught with no clothes. PMV, Pastor Mike version. We teach practical stuff. Number two, just as the king provided wedding clothes for his guests, God provides salvation for all mankind. That's everyone. Everyone and anyone who would believe. But how will they know unless you and I go? 
unless you and I go and preach the gospel, unless you and I live the gospel in places that other people won't go because people, they, they, there's different reasons for not going into the highways and byways. We've got to go to the highways and byways. The king provided the garment. It's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't want us to miss the wedding feast, but it's important for you and I to understand the cross is the only way to salvation. John chapter 14 reminds us of this. For, for the crimes against the king, these people were going to receive punishment, but God had an opportunity for them. The improperly attired guests were thrown into outer darkness. Why? Because they were trusting in their own righteousness and not in the garment provided for them. And that's what happens to religious people. You forgot you got a free ticket to the party and free clothes and you tried to trade your, your, the king's clothes in for your own and wonder why you don't care about the people outside the party because you're wearing clothes of righteousness of, of your own righteousness and not his righteousness and when the king comes if you got on the wrong clothes you got the goals I can do this all day Christ concludes in the parable the sad fact that many are invited, but few are chosen. God chose you, man. If you're here today, God's choosing you. I invite you to choose Him. Every Sunday, we want this to be like the wedding feast, where we go and invite as many people. And I know that some of you invited people, they didn't show up this week. That's okay. Keep inviting them. Keep inviting them. Maybe one Sunday they're going to show up. I just hope it's not too late. But one thing for sure, I know they'll never come if you never invite them. If you never give them the invitation or you stop inviting them, one thing for sure, we'll never see them. We got to go. We need to be the ones who invite. We go out, we make a difference. The rest belongs to God. That brings me to number three. Many hear the call of God but only few believe it and receive it. Many of us hear the call of God, but only few believe it and receive it. And that's the same thing that happens here. They say, oh, I've got to work. Right? They say, oh, I've got, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. I've got, I've got things to do. Other things to do. Others just pay no attention to it. In verse 5, you see that. Others just pay no attention. And so it's a struggle for you and I to understand that many hear the call, but few heed it. God sent His Son into the world, but very few people would receive Him. Read the book of John. If you've never read the Bible, start in the book of John and read the book of John. And the very first thing it says, God sent His Son into the world as the light of the world, but men love darkness. That's what it says. 
And so, so, so we understand that, that, that they rejected him and brought judgment upon themselves and the kingdom of heaven was opened up to anyone who would set aside his own righteousness and his own affairs and take up and accept by faith the righteousness that has been provided for you by God. It's not your own, it belongs to him. And then you don't have to, you get to. We serve God because we get to serve God. We serve God because it's a privilege and honor to serve God. We don't serve God to go to heaven. You're going to heaven because of Jesus. You're serving God to help other people get invited to the party. Or not. Or you just sit there and transfer your, your God's righteousness robes to your own self-righteousness and think because you read 20 chapters today, you're going to heaven. What good is it to read 20 chapters and do none of them? They're like, I knew that's why I didn't like that guy. Right? I read my 20 chapters, but did you do any of them? I don't know. Why are you bothering me with the do part? I read. <laughs> Check Bible reading. <laughs> Love people. I can't check that one. I was too busy reading. <laughs> Got time to go to church but can't be the church. Somebody trying to see if there's enough room for me to hide in there. <laughs> a lot of space under there kind of big guy you know be a big guy in a little pulpit you know <laughs> number four those who reject God's grace and cling to their own good works will spend eternity separated from God that's, remember, this is Jesus talking again. What's he really want more than anything is he wants a relationship with you. And he wanted you to have the same relationship with God the Father that he has with God. The, that's really what he wanted. That's why he's telling these stories. He's telling these stories saying, you've been invited to the party. And the king's provided the clothes and the food. And all you got to do is show up. You got invited to the party. You got chosen. Just show up. It's sad when you think about it. So many times we want to get invited to certain parties and then when we get there, it was definitely overrated. You know what I'm saying? Everybody ever hype a party and you show up and you're like, Even the food ain't good. You know what I mean? I'm like, girl, as soon as we get up out of here, we're going to go get some pizza. You know? You push that food around on the plate for a minute. Shake a couple hands. Deuces. You know? When they ain't looking, you do that little roll out. And you're like... They catch you down at the Golden Corral, you know. It's wing night, you know. That's where the party was. 
I'm just saying, sometimes that's how the devil's parties are. They are overrated, you know. But those who spurn the gift of salvation, they cling instead to their own good works. And unfortunately, they're going to get exactly what they want, which is separation from God forever in a place that wasn't created for them, a place called hell that was created because Satan and his demons didn't want to be with God. And now those folks choose, and God honors them. They wanted a godless life, and he gave them a godless life. And they wanted a godless eternity, and he gave them a godless eternity. They just didn't know what they were asking for. But thank God that he gives us a choice. It's not force. You see, the self-righteous Pharisees, they heard this parable And they didn't miss Jesus' point. As a matter of fact, they got so fired up. If you read Matthew 22, they're looking for a way to kill him, to shut him up. Because self-righteous people don't like you talking like this. Because you're messing with their religion. You're messing with their righteousness. And you're making us all equal. Anybody who comes through the door is equal to me. I've been in this church. You only got nine years to pick from here, so... You can't say like 75 or 25. (laughs) No, you ain't. We only been around nine years. Shut up. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. The parable of the wedding feast is really a warning to make sure that we're not relying on anything but God's provision for us. Not our own good works and not our religious service. Listen, Every time we give anybody the opportunity to serve, that's exactly what we're giving you. A chance to be world changers. Listen, every single thing that we do is designed for one reason, and that's to win people for Jesus. Whether it's going to be our Good Friday services, where people get a chance to see the mercy and the grace of God and what it costs Jesus There won't be an offering that night. Why? Because that's one way to get in the way of people. It's it's not like a regular church service. It's different. It's music. It's drama. It's a chance for you to invite friends and family and take nothing from them but only give to them. Then the very next day, you invite them to come back for their families. And yeah, we're going to stuff 10,000 Easter eggs. And that's a pain to put three pieces of candy in each egg and stuff it. And they say, how does that relate, translate to souls? Because there's a neighborhood of people that don't know Jesus, but they'll come for the Easter eggs and stay for the love. And stay for the love. I just call them resurrection eggs. Because they find dead people and bring them to life. And then we have Easter Sunday, and we have baptisms at Passagrill. And last year, there were even people who gathered around as we were baptizing people to watch people be baptized, and they were inspired and encouraged. So we go out, and, 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 and the, those who are, who are going to be baptized, we already gave you five invitations to invite your friends and family. Why? Because it's an evangelistic opportunity to win souls. 
When we go, when we go to the National Day of Prayer on, 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 uh, on May 2nd, where all the churches are going to gather together at Al Lang, we're not doing that just to go there as a show of force of Christians. No, we're going there so that, that, that this world knows we love Jesus and, we, and the churches, we actually love each other. And pastors hang out together and hug one another and encourage one another and strengthen one another. Why are we working with the seven by seven? And we took our own sector uh, with, with Brother Murphy and, and the other brothers there so that we can partner in our city and make a difference around our world. See, this is what the gospel's all about. It's, it's not, and, and when we give you a, an opportunity, we give it to you not to harp on you, but to give you a chance to be a world changer and a life changer. You know, when you look back, when it's all said and done, I want to make it hard to go to hell in St. Pete. That's true. And I don't want anyone going up there or standing before the judgment throne saying, I didn't hear. Yes, you did. You saw all those people in those t-shirts handing out those lollipops and candy canes, and they told you Jesus loved you and invited you to church. You rejected it. Right? The care fest. While we were out there scrubbing and cleaning and getting nasty and messed up and stuffing mailers and doing whatever it is, we're demonstrating the love of Jesus to people. It's preaching the gospel and using words when necessary. Inviting people, hanging signs, telling people to come. You see, this is what this whole parable is about. We've got to go into the highways and byways. We have, look, you're going to get invites for Easter. In, for four weeks leading up to Easter, you're going to have invitations in your program. They're not meant for you. They're meant for someone else. You already know about it. Don't hang it on your fridge. Give it to your neighbor or hang it on your neighbor's fridge. Uh, if you can't remember, call us. We'll tell you. Good Friday's coming. Saturday's coming. But if you were working, you'd already know. I'm going to say it one more time because it was real. It got a little, there was a little mixed confusion there. You know what I'm saying? There was people like this, Yvonne. They were like, oh, yeah, hey, but... They were like that, you know, because then they were like, oh, I think, did I just say I was going to serve at one of them? Did he just trick me? They were like, hey, <laughs> took that amen back quick. You know, it was just, a, uh, uh, which is what happens when we say you want to serve. Uh, 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 I would, but my cow's in a ditch. <laughs> Y'all better reread the text. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I just read that story, you know? So we'll be having some sign-ups for Good Friday, Easter, and all that. So, and we'll see you all there. <laughs> Not because you have to, because you get to. But I do pray the Holy Spirit does bother you. I just want you to know that. I do. I'm not going to lie to you. It'd be untrue if I didn't say, Lord, prod these people. It's for their own good, Jesus. But uh, before we get to any of that, you know what, you know what excites me as I look at baptism videos and as I see, I see people whose lives were changed, who didn't know Jesus and then they knew Jesus, and now they're serving. And what I really believe is there are so many people in our city right now that haven't come to that saving knowledge yet, and they're going to be those 
people serving and greeting and visiting and loving and stuffing and doing all of those things. And they'll be doing it with the biggest smile you've ever seen in your life. I really believe that's our opportunity. So if you're one of those today, you get a chance to be one of these. You get to be chosen. God chose you. You know why I know that? Because you're here. And there's somebody in the house who's saying, I couldn't obey God if he asked me to do one thing. You already have. He invited you to this party, and guess what? You showed up. And if there's one thing I know, not growing up in church, one of the hardest things to do is come to church. That first time walking through those doors, the hardest thing you'll ever do. I thought I was going to ignite self-combust. And I thought when people touched me, they would be feeling all my sin and be like, ooh. I'd be looking like the human torch, you know. They'd be like, devil! I didn't know. I just knew I had a lot. I just knew I needed Jesus, and I was hoping those people were going to let me get him, you know. (laughs) They were going to wrestle me to the ground, you know. But you know what I found? Those people were just as excited to have me. And we are so happy that you're here today. And we want a new brother or a new sister. And the coolest thing is the adoption papers have already been signed. All you have to do is sign the adoption papers on your side. And uh, you won't regret it. You won't. We are a crazy family. We're not going to lie to you. We're a crazy family. You, just, you know, we got some crazy aunts and uncles up in here, you know. And we invite them to every party, too, just so you know. And just so you know, we do not have to point them out. You know, you know what's going on. Blanche knows. <laughs> she said, please don't, Pastor. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, you're so good. God, thank you for loving us. And thank you that, we, that you invited us to the party. And thank you that we extended that invitation to other people because, God, it's your party. And Jesus, thank you that we're clothed in your righteousness. And God, thank you for providing that righteousness for us. We just pray right now, God, that you'll touch the hearts of each and every person here and that they would just feel a sense of comfort and love. And God, I just pray that they would accept your invitation. Many are called, but few are chosen. And they've been chosen by you already, and I pray that they'll choose you. If you're here today, you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, what you've been talking about is what I've needed. I just needed to know that I was chosen, and now I know I'm chosen. I want to choose God today. I choose Jesus by faith. I choose to believe and receive him. And I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected. And I'm just going to hang in here with the party, and I'm just going to hang with my adopted family, and I'm going to learn from them, and I'm going to grow with them. And when we make mistakes together, we're going to pick each other up, dust each other off, and help each other until we see your face. If that's you today, will you just slip your hand up high in the air today and say, that's me, I want in the family. Yes, I want in the family. Yes, amen, I want in the family. Yes, yes, count me in. Yes, thank you, sir. You guys may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice, we're just going to pray this simple prayer. It's just from your heart to God's. Prayer is simply talking to God. Just from your heart to God's, we just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you, and Jesus, I receive you. I am yours and you are mine. I trust you with all the details of my life. I know I'm not going to be perfect, and I give that up right now. 
because I know I'm being perfected. And I know that you're calling me to a lifetime relationship with you. And I know it's not going to be easy, but you're going to be with me. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and live in my life and teach me and guide me. Thank you for this beautiful family you have provided for me. And it's not just this family, but this family's worldwide. And thank you, God, that you made me a part of your very own. And now I make you my very own. It's in Jesus' name. And the Church of Jesus Christ said, Amen. Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because he's good? If you said that prayer, I want to welcome you into the household of faith. You got adopted. You're stuck with us now. And uh, we're excited that you're with us. If you were a first-time guest today, I know we would love to be able to put a face with a name. I know Jeanette would love to be able to give you a, a gift this morning. Uh, you can go just outside, and to the left is the um, uh, uh, guest central. And ladies, want to remind you that the 23rd, this Saturday, 10 to 12, we'll be doing our self-defense seminar. Read your program, and guys... Some guys are dragging their feet. I only have like two or three guys.